Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Diamonds are forever! Woo! Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone, or welcome in if you're just tuning in. 8.01 the time. It is the Friday, November 17th, 2023 edition of Sports 56 Mornings. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, it's where family and fun come together. Their overstock sale continues at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Currently 62 degrees. We're looking at a high today of about 68. A little cloudy this morning, a little misty rain, but they're expecting, or we are expecting, some sunshine, according to the prognosticators, the forecasters. Tonight, cloudy with some showers, but the chance is only at about 40%. Looking at a low of 46, and then tomorrow to start your weekend, sunshine and clouds mixed with a high of 61. Second hour of the program brought to you each and every day by our friends at James Gaddis Jewelers. 4,900 Poplar between Mendenhall and St. Nick. On the web at GaddisJewelers.com, and each Monday and Friday, they bring you the Memphis Sports Fact. Did you know, through their first 11 games, the Memphis Grizzlies are averaging 108.5 points per game, while allowing 115.9 points per game. That's a minus 7.4 point differential. Only the Washington Wizards, who have a win over the Grizzlies at minus 7.7, And the San Antonio Spurs, who the Grizzlies play tomorrow night on the road at minus 13.5, have a worse point differential. James Gaddis Jewelers, for all your holiday needs, head on over there. I guarantee you're going to find something that you love for a loved one in your family, whether it be a beautiful ring or watch, bracelet or necklace, earrings, pendants, all kinds of great jewelry, plus Gemstones of all types, custom-made jewelry, and estate and vintage jewelry. It's James Gaddis Jewelers at 4900 Poplar on the web at GaddisJewelers.com. All right. NFL, last night we mentioned the Baltimore Ravens beating the Bengals 34-20. to So, it, yeah, I'm not sure if you have that pulled up, the, the standings so far from this year and where we finished last year. They say that every year, like recently, it's been about a 50% turnover. There's at least, I can't remember how many years it is now, I believe it is, but it's at least, there's at least four teams um, that did not make the playoff the previous year that go to the playoffs. So at least four. And it's like, I want to say that's like, it's. I think it's like close to 20 straight seasons or something like that that that's happened. Right, and I think the last few years, the average has been... Half, seven, seven of the 14. So right now, if the playoffs were to start today, which they don't, but if they were, in the AFC, the Chiefs at seven and two are the one seed. The Ravens at eight and three are the two seed. The Jaguars at six and three are the three seed. The Dolphins at six and three are the four seed. The Steelers and Browns, both at six, three, six and three, are in as two of the three wild cards. And then the Houston freaking Texans, five and four, would be in. Of those seven, how many of them made the playoffs last year? Dolphins, Ravens, Chiefs, Jaguars. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so four of the seven. So three would be new teams. Okay. And 
The uh, oh no, I, I was going to say the Texans would satisfy the worst, but that's not making the playoffs. The there's always a team that goes from last place to winning their division. They would not satisfy that uh, element of it. Okay, so right now again, playoffs were to start today, you would have four of the same, but you would have three new teams, which is kind of keeping up to to the stats that you know we've just talked about in the NFC. Eagles eight and one would be the one seed. Lions seven and two would be the two seed. 49ers six and three would be the three seed. Saints five and five would be the four seed. Then your wild card teams: Seahawks six and three, Cowboys six and three, Vikings six and four. How many of those made the playoffs last year? Eagles, Cowboys, Vikings, 49ers, Seahawks. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's five. So that would be nine. And five, so not quite fifty percent. You do the math, Mister Free Ride. But that would that would get there. That would again get the four. Yes, I'm pretty pretty sure four is that number that they've had for so long that at least four um, new teams in the playoffs every season. Yeah, so that in this situation it would be five of the fourteen would be new, and like you said, there's a long run of at least four teams. But the last several years, there's been basically 50% of the teams have been new. So that would be five new teams in the National Football League. I love that. I love the fact, even though we had the dynasty that was the New England Patriots, we have had a lot of turnover, new teams that find their way. And there's a long way to go with this season. But there's new blood. And that's always it keeps it interesting, I think, in the National Football League each and every year to have some new blood. Well, there's just so much, whatever you want, you could call it parody, you could pretty much call it mediocrity um, in the league that it's um, and and the way injuries happen that affects so much in the NFL. Um, it's hard to you know, we've seen in the NFC East where it's a new the nobody has repeated for whatever 13 years or whatever it is I don't remember what the number is but it's just really hard because generally you're going to have probably a year with injuries um, it is just difficult to continue to do that because their teams are all so even you can talk about it. every time you think a team is really good uh, they go out and prove that they are not right um, you know the Bengals Two weeks ago, the Bengals looked like they were rolling, and suddenly they might be the best team. And now they've lost two in a row. And yeah, yeah, the Bengals are not any good. Like they're they're probably going to miss the playoffs at this point. So it it changes in a hurry in the NFL. It'll be an interesting week in the NFL. You have the big game on Monday night with the Eagles and the Chiefs. A lot of people right now believe that the Eagles are the best team in the National Football League. The Kelsey Bowl. The Kelsey I, I, Bowl. I have to assume Taylor's going to be on hand for the Kelsey Bowl. Well, right There's now she's, she's in. I don't know where. where are her, where's her tour? Her, she, uh, she probably, I guess, can't be there because she's on I, the tour. She's in South America right now, so I, I can't believe, I can't imagine she'd be. Mama Kelsey's got to be so disappointed that Taylor can't be there for the the battle of the Kelseys. Yeah, Mama Kelsey. But yeah, that's a big one as far as just. I think it's more important for, I would say, the Chiefs in that AFC. But these are two of the best teams. And right now, I think most people would say, would give the lean to Philadelphia. Although, the way San Francisco looked last weekend, I'd certainly argue San Francisco. They look terrific. As long as San Francisco is healthy, I don't know if if anybody can beat them. But that game Monday night we'll have for you right here on Sports 56, 98.5 FM. In hour one, I gave you some uh, college 
news and notes, including Jeff Trailer reportedly interviewing for the Texas A&M job. He is the coach at UTSA. That's, uh, of course, a school that Memphis right now, along with SMU, Tulane, they're all in the mix to get to the American Conference Championship game. But also the news from Ann Arbor, Michigan, that Jim Harbaugh and the University of Michigan have accepted that three-game ban. He will not fight it. There will not be a hearing today. The Big Ten ends its probe. He'll miss two more games, Maryland this weekend, and then the Ohio State rivalry game. But he will be available for the playoffs or a bowl game, depending on what the situation is. Obviously, it's they're both they're all bowl games, but the meaningful playoff games, if Michigan can take care of business against Maryland and Ohio State, they're going to be in, and Harbaugh will coach them. So a lot of people are looking at it like nothing to see here. He was suspended for the first three games of the year. Suspended for the final three games of the regular season. In between, he coached the team. But he's allowed to coach them in practice. He's allowed to meet with the guys. He's allowed to talk to the guys. That really it was a slap on the wrist. And I wonder if... It's not like it's the NFL where they dock... A player suspended, they are docked the pay. In college, Jim Harbaugh suspended. He's missed half the season. Or he will have missed half the season. Is he docked any money by the school for the suspension? I, I, I would doubt it. I doubt it too, right? It's not like Penny's. The being school docked. continues to defend him and act like he's done nothing wrong. So Yeah, Penny's suspended for the first three games for the Memphis Tigers. He's not docked any pay. So this guy coaches half the year as far as the games are concerned and gets his full amount of money. Nothing to see here, as I said. And people will look at it as, again, a slap on the wrist for a guy who blatantly cheated. Now, again, I understand that it goes on in the game of football, stealing signs within the game itself. It's un- it's understandable that this happens and everybody does it, right? If you can steal a sign, you steal a sign. Just like baseball, you can steal a sign, you steal a sign. But when you go overboard like the Astros did, or you go overboard like Michigan did with Connor Stallions, then you have to pay the price. And a lot of people don't think he really is paying the price. You don't believe that. No, I, I know I that. I don't, I, again, as I said, I don't, it has, to me, nothing to do with Jim Harbaugh and paying any price for him. It should be the program. And the, to me, the program is not paying any price whatsoever. Um, so I, it's, it, it's funny that Jim Harbaugh, all these things and everything else, and then suddenly when it really comes time to actually sit down and talk and answer the questions, um, under oath that he doesn't want to do that. Now, oh, no, you know, I'll just, I'll accept this suspension and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. It's, it's interesting how that happens that no, you know what? Actually, maybe I don't want to actually have to answer these questions because again, there is no explanation. The only thing he can say is he didn't know about it. Like that's, there is no way whatsoever. There's no, there is no possible thing of, no, we weren't doing that. Like everybody knows they were. You got caught red-handed. And that's what drives me crazy. Is right. Like you there is there's and everybody goes, we, we got to let due process play out. What due process? We know what was happening because there's no other explanation to what was happening. There's no you don't just buy all these tickets and we see people sitting in the seats with video you know phones recording the sound. Like there is no answer for it other than you were blatantly cheating and. All you get out of that is a three-game suspension because, oh, gosh, we can't. I don't want to hurt the kids. They're in a program that's cheating. 
Bottom line, sorry. Do you think when he said several days ago that he was going to speak at the hearing on Friday and was looking forward to speaking at the hearing, that it was a bunch of BS, that he knew in the back of his mind that they were going to drop this situation, this appeal, and that he would accept the penalty? You, you think he already knew that? Or do you believe that he was talked out of it, that he wanted to really speak, and then probably officials with Michigan spoke to him uh, privately and said, listen, we don't have a chance to to change their minds. It's only going to look worse. Let's drop it. And he said, okay, let's do that then. What do you think? I, I, I don't know. I'm asking I, you to guess here. I have I don't know for sure what is going on in his mind. I would guess that maybe there was there was probably still at that point some negotiating with the Big Ten saying, all right, if I just accept this, will you guys stop the probe? And they will. Now I assume the NCAA is continuing their investigation into this, but again, I don't know what could possibly take that long. It should be a literally could take a day and a half. Well, it's, it's all you gotta do is NCAA go, you're all, talking all about. All you got to do is talk to Connor Stallions and say, right. again, tell me why. What, what were you buying the tickets tell for? Tell me why. What, what were the tickets for? And he has no answer other than, yeah, we were stealing signs. And at, and at that point, I don't care if he says I did it all on my own and nobody else knew about it, whatever. I don't care. You are an employee of that program. You're cheating, blatantly cheating. You got Then there should be punishment for the program. Yeah, it'll be interesting with the NCAA because you know they, they move at a snail's pace. Jim Harbaugh, most people feel that he'll be gone that he will move on to the National Football League. You know, I'm not 100% convinced, but my lean would be toward the NFL. So would the NCAA do the probe and then come back and penalize Michigan without Jim Harbaugh there? I, I don't see that happening. But if he's still there, he remains there for next year, I guess they could do something. They can add, and uh, not, not add to the penalty, but they can have their own penalty uh, toward Michigan. Okay, moving on. Two... Weird stories I want to get to here before we take the break. Matt Infield from Action News 5 will join us on the other side to talk Tigers football and Tigers basketball. So you guys have probably been following this story involving Carissa Thompson from Fox. Interesting that Carissa Thompson was the journalist who interviewed me and some of my fraternity buddies when Fox did the story of the anniversary of the Colts move from Baltimore to Indianapolis. We flew to College Park, and Carissa was there, took some photos with her. She's really, really good. I think she's very good at what she does, and she was a great interviewer, and we uh, we had a good time. Then I find out about her admitting on a podcast that she completely made up some NFL sideline reports. And now... They are coming down hard on her as they should. And I mean everybody from Joe Q public to journalists across the nation. There's a guy who, I'm not even going to name his name, but he's uh, he's big in the, in the media as far as following the media, critiquing the media, and things of that nature. He said, rolling the dice that your employer won't fire you from your $700,000 a year gig so you can seem funny and cool on a podcast while also undermining your profession and enraging your peers is wild. A potential Hall of Fame fumble the bag moment. I don't believe Fox will do anything. I don't think they'll fire her. I don't think they'll suspend her. I, I don't they but they probably should, right? This is journalism to have somebody say they're making up stuff and reporting it as the truth. 
That is completely opposite of everything you learn while you, when you go to journalism school, broadcasting industry, making crap up. Come on now. And admitting to it, again, on a podcast for whatever reason she did, just seems to be ignorant. Uh, it's, yeah, I don't, I would guess that Fox probably doesn't, I mean, I would assume she probably doesn't get any more sideline gigs, um, at any point. Um, but I wouldn't expect anything to happen to her for right now. Um, but, um, it's, a, yeah, it's, it's weird to admit that. Now, I don't know if there's others that have done anything like that or not. I have no clue. Um, but it's. Yeah, I, I don't. I would not go around admitting that if that was the case. Yeah, you you don't want to brag about doing that. Now we've had those stories. Wasn't it the New York Times writer had fabricated stories and things of that nature? I don't know all the particulars, but I mean it's happened before with journalists where they've either stolen ideas or statements, made up statements, things of that nature. That's been done. I, I've never heard of this, although I could see it as a strong possibility that somebody makes something up. Um, I mean, I'm a sideline reporter for Memphis football. I, I can't even imagine making something up. I mean, you react to what you're seeing. You're asked opinions sometimes. But basically, you're just stating the facts of what you see. And, so, and again, if you're asked for an opinion, that's fine. You're not fabricating things. You're not making up things. Again, I, I think she's really good at what she does. And that's why she's in the position she's in. But there are a lot of people that feel that they should fire her and make a, make a statement, make a bold statement about journalism, which has been under attack for a long time. But this does not sit well, I guarantee you, with every journalist out there uh, that a person of this hierarchy in the broadcasting business, I'm talking about a Fox Network reporter slash anchor, uh, did something like that. Got to stay off the podcast, man. Yeah, I mean, you you kind of let your hair down, don't you? Sometimes, and you and you say stupid things. Yeah, I mean, I get, I understand, like trying to be candid with everyone, you know, try to be as authentic as possible. But yeah, I think I think that one that one you just should just keep in your back pocket. Right, well, I agree. I mean, this, I mean, this she's this is the uh, barstool part podcast. I think she there is some of it she's trying to be. As that guy said, funny and cool, cool, and you know, trying to make—I mean, trying to be interesting. Yeah, I understand, but you know, it, it comes comes back to haunt you sometimes. But I, I just don't see Fox doing anything, uh, much to the dismay of some journalists who want her canned. And the other thing, real quick, is the the Kelly Oubre story with the Philadelphia 76ers. If, if you missed this, Kelly Oubre had said that he was hit by a car trying to cross the street in Philadelphia, had a broken rib and had some bruises and things of that nature. And it was a hit and run because the car didn't stop and there was no information. Uh, the, the policeman didn't come over and see the, and then talk. This, the hit and run, okay? So they cannot find any surveillance video. I guess they've looked at from the... Uh, the traffic stop, the lights from the buildings that are nearby where this supposedly took place. They cannot find any surveillance that he was hit by a car. So this is strange as well. Not saying that he wasn't, but they have no proof that he was and that maybe there's the possibility that something else had happened to him. 
Yeah, I don't. I have no idea. Um, I, I, I mean, there's a chance that he just doesn't know exactly where it happened. Um, so they can't. They don't know really where to to look for that surveillance video. Um, certainly, um, I could see that being a possibility. Yes. I don't. I, don't, I have no idea. Um, I would. I'm guessing he actually did get hit by a car. I don't. I don't. I don't know what else would have possibly happened to him. Only if he did something that was a, a fight at a club or, or some kind of. Uh, uh, he he was on a motorbike and he wasn't supposed to be something that would be uh, not allowed by contract. Something like that. I'm not saying that's what happened, but it makes you think a little bit because there's cameras everywhere. I mean, Dateline finds them all the time when I watch those stories every Friday night. But I look, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's telling the truth, and hopefully they'll find something to back him up. I don't know if they're looking at this as we need to find evidence that he absolutely did that or we're going to suspend him or anything like that. But uh, it is just kind of a strange situation because, again, cameras are there on the corners in Philadelphia all over the place, and the buildings obviously have a lot of cameras as well, and they couldn't find anything with surveillance. You've got uh, you've got quite the life watching Dateline every. You're fr- spending your Friday nights watching Dateline. <laughs> well, sometimes <laughs> a party I, animal, Greg. <laughs> sometimes it's Saturday night when I oh, I just tape it and I watch the, it Saturday. Uh, wow, night. spend the whole weekend sometimes watching Dateline. Sunday, I, it just yeah. I mean, look, man, you are Keith you Morrison, are out there. You are doing some things. Hey, I'm a wild, a crazy guy, but Keith Morrison, man, you got to watch Keith Morrison. He's great. Date night on Dateline. Tonight on Dateline. I always love the uh, Lester Holt's my guy. I watch him for news. For When I watch the national news, I watch Lester Holt. But I love the uh, the gig on Dateline. He introduces the thing, and at the end he closes. Like, he didn't do anything. It's just like the ones on 20, uh, 2020 on ABC. He introduced it, and then he ended it. The reporter did all the work in the middle. It's like, stop it. And if you notice, like, they'll have the same suit on for, like, eight straight ones. You know, just, just give them the... Uh, Whatever the opening is, read it off the prompter, boom, that's it. Do about eight of those, you're done. You're eight weeks of uh, Dateline, and you're set for the rest of your life. That's the way it is when you're the head honcho over there. Love him, though. Love watching the news with Lester Holt. Yeah, I live a wild and crazy I mean, life, Eli. Uh, listen, I can't tell you. I'll, I can't tell you. Last time I watched 2020 um, was uh, when I lived with my parents. <laughs> I like all those news shows. I, 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 I like those shows. So- the story oh, of the uh, the story of the the, the, the pregnant whatever. I'm cu- I'm curious what's your thoughts on Steve Hartman then on the road with on the road with Steve Hartman. Who's Steve Hartman? He's the the guy from CBS. He goes on the road and tells like the feel good stories and that nobody thinks about. I've never seen Steve Hartman. Is he on the the news like the CBS yeah. national news? Oh, see, I watch NBC. Ah. I watch Lester Holt, my friend. He, he doesn't. He's not. He can't. I thought, he cannot I cheat change. on Lester Holt. <laughs> I don't change. He is not I, about to cheat on Lester. Holt I am here. watching Lester Man. Holt, baby, religiously. I thought. I, I thought. I thought he was. A, he, he was the connoisseur that bounced around from all the heavy networks. No, I'm not like, bouncing, well, baby. If you're watching twenty, is it twenty twenty on ABC? Twenty twenty is on ABC. We do. I, I record all the news shows, not the news, right? Not the nightly news. I only watch Lester Holt. But I don't record it or anything. If I happen to miss it, I miss it. But if I'm there and at home in front of a TV, I'll put on Lester Holt at 5.30. But I record 2020, Dateline, and then 60 Minutes, um, all the political shows. Not, 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 not like the Fox shows and the CNBC shows, MSNBC, but the ones that are on ABC, CBS, and, and, and NBC. 
60 minutes is going to put me to sleep in 30 seconds. <laughs> there is no way. I, I still feel. I, I will watch once in a while. Like, I'll watch some 60 minutes. Like, if I, because that way I'll have the previews on during the NFL. Like, if I see yeah. a story that I want to watch, I'll watch that. I haven't watched Dateline or 2020 in. But 60 minutes still. 40 years. It still freaks 30 me years. out. It freaked me out when I was a kid. It still freaks me out as an adult when you start hearing. And you're going, oh, no, it's Sunday night, man. i got to get ready for Monday for school. Oh, it's not school now. Doug still says up at that Steve Hartman only comes on on Fridays at the end of the CBS Evening News. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't watch CBS Evening News. Because, I mean, if, you, if you're if watching date, uh, Dateline on Friday nights, I think you watch <laughs> Steve Hartman on Friday nights. You Maybe know? you should start recording Lester it. Lester Holt. you got to start recording <laughs> it. Morrison. Get that Steve Hartman story in your there life. There we go. Corky's Ribs and Barbecue. capper to your evening. Yeah. <laughs> you're going out to one of the high school football games tonight. You're getting ready to tailgate a little tomorrow, although it's a morning game, uh, I understand, 11 a.m., but it's always a good time for Corky's Ribs and Barbecue. They will cater any event you got going on, no matter how small, how large, and they they will do it at a very reasonable price, starting you as low as $8.99 per person for that delicious, slow-smoked barbecue. Of course, you could uh, dine in at any of their four establishments. You can go ahead and drive through, no contact delivery, pick it up at their four restaurants around the area, and enjoy that delicious Corky's Barbecue. They're located at Poplar Avenue in Memphis, Poplar Avenue in Collierville, Germantown Parkway in Cordova, and Goodman Road in Olive Branch. Lunch specials every day. Party pack started just $7.49. When you head on over to Corky's, pick up a Corky's gift card. Makes a great stocking stuffer for Christmas. And also, you can reserve their private party room at either the Cordova or Olive Branch location. Just give them a call and set up a date and time. Corky's Ribs and Barbecue, but for lunch and dinner, seven days a week. Are they still catching predators? They still do that thing. I don't think they do that. Who was that person? Who was that dude that did that? I think it was Morrison, wasn't it? No, it was Chris Hansen. Oh, it was Hanson. It was Hanson. Is he still out there catching uh, he's predators? He's still out there. I don't, what, I don't know. He do, what's Hanson doing? Who's he, he, who's he catching these days? I don't know. I never watched to catch a predator. But remember Morrison made an appearance on Seinfeld? I don't even know who Morrison is. How do you not know the, the great voice of... For When we come back, we got Matt Enfield joining us from Action News 5. But, Zach, see if you could find a clip of, of Morrison. And then Jim Morrison. Bill Hader did a great impersonation of him on Saturday Night Live. Morrison makes the appearance. Remember the Saturday, remember the uh Seinfeld where um Kramer goes to California and then Jerry and and uh, George are driving around in the squad car. And then the dude comes in who commits the uh they, they catch the criminal in the back, who happens to be in real life Ron Howard's brother. Do you remember this episode? No. How do you not remember? You watch you watch Seinfeld religiously, don't you? I I don't watch Seinfeld now. Oh, okay. But you don't remember I that one? Watch, I watched it. I don't watch reruns constantly. Anyway, they they let the guy out of the cop car accidentally because so they left the door open. He runs I, away. I don't, I don't have the eventful life you have of watching Seinfeld reruns, Dateline, and 2020. I would kick tail in Seinfeld trivia, and I have no memory, and I still remember all the Seinfeld stuff. All right, we'll get to Matt when we return. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk. Sports 56, 98.5 FM. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ.
Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. Don't you just love it? Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 8.35 the time, hour two here on Sports 56 Mornings. Getting you set for the sports weekend. It's the Friday, November 17th, 2023 edition. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd. In just a moment, we're joined by Action News 5's Matt Enfield. Before we do that, though, a little taste for Eli of Keith Morrison from Dateline. Hello, I'm Keith Morrison, and this is a Dateline mini-mystery. <laughs> Come on, you got to know that voice. Yeah, I know the voice, yeah. All right, that's all I needed to know. <laughs> Speaking of NBC, they're an NBC affiliate, uh, Action News 5, Channel 5. They've been in existence for, gosh, uh, 700 years, I believe. And joining us now is our friend Matt Enfield. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Enfield, Action News 5, sports reporter, anchor extraordinaire. Matt, how are you, my friend? Greg, you know, like I said, man, not a huge morning person, but for you, I will get up early in the morning, so it's Friday, it's a good day. How are we doing today, guys? Doing doing well. Appreciate you joining us this early. All right, tomorrow, it's not quite for all the marbles, but uh, it's for a lot of marbles. Uh, for the Tigers to have a chance to get to the conference championship game, which is their goal every year, they have to beat SMU. As you know, SMU is a pretty heavy favorite for being on the road in Memphis. I don't recall too many times that Memphis has been an underdog at home recently by more than a touchdown. I'm talking about last five, six years. So how do you see this uh, this team going up against a high-octane SMU offense with the way the struggles have been weekly with the defense? Yeah, so I, I think I saw it. The last time they were a touchdown or more dog at home was 2015 against Ole Miss, if I have that right. But wow. I mean, the good news is they, they, they won that game. So it's been a while, but if you want some optimism, it's there. Um, you know, defensively, I, I think the concerns that I have right now is that we've seen over the last month or so, uh, they have been gashed in the secondary by teams like UAB in the first half and against USF. And then last week, uh, a Charlotte team, which was a really bad offense, then all of a sudden this guy, Hassan Wilson, with one career carry for four yards in the Memphis defense, made him look like Adrian Peterson for yes. an afternoon. Um, so I, I think that's the concerning thing is can you stop either the pass or the run? Um, I, I will say, though, at the same time, I, I think that there is a degree with this defense, especially of playing up and down to their competition. Because remember, one early in the year, we were talking about the defense as maybe the strong point of this team. I don't know if we're saying that anymore, but the two best teams that they played, Tulane and Mizzou, I don't think anyone was walking away from either one of those games saying, wow, the defense got absolutely gashed. I think we walked away saying, okay, Tulane, Mizzou are two good teams. They made some more plays. And I, I had this suspicion, and I'll, I'll say I ran into a Tiger player when I was out last night, um, and I was just talking for a second. I kind of asked him. I was like, man, is there anything to like that play and playing up, playing down thing? And he was like, yeah. And he even said like last week at Charlotte, like that's not a game that – obviously you're motivated for every game, but it's not a game that gets the juices flowing in the same way that – tomorrow will so um hopefully that a game of this importance uh allows the defense to rise up i don't really have too many concerns about the offense assuming everyone's healthy i mean they're gonna have to keep Steph upright um the offensive line with whatever shoulder injury he's dealing with but i think the offense i'm not 
I'm not too worried about. But if the, if the defense comes to play, I think they have a chance to win this game. How would you, because we've, we've had this conversation quite a bit, but how would you assess the season to this point? As you mentioned, the two best teams they've played, they've lost to. Um, they've beaten the teams that they're supposed to beat, the bad teams. Now, uh, some of those games have been much closer than they should have been, um, including last week against a bad Charlotte team. But how would you assess the season to this point? It's kind of interesting because, like, it's 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 a process versus results kind of discussion in my mind. Like, I think the process at times, when you look at kind of how they're arriving at winning at these games, has been uh, for the competition they're playing subpar, I guess you would say. But you know, at the end of the day, we're not going to sit back. You know a year, two years, five years from now when talking about this season and to say, well, you know, the process is poor and they let these teams hang around. We're going to say, okay, they won X amount of games. They lost X amount of games. They played in this whole game. They made it to the conference championship game or they didn't make it to the conference championship game. So, you know, there is something to be said for, and, you know, it's been said ad nauseum by Ryan Silverfield, by Seth Hennigan, by basically anyone who's followed the team the last few years, but they're, you know, they're, they're winning games this year that they absolutely would have lost last year. And that's not just a competition thing in my mind, because yeah, like they lost, you know, the Houston game last year was not great, but uh, even East Carolina, um, you know, that was a game that they gave away last year that comes mm-hmm. to mind right away. So um, there, there's been growth. Um, I, I have no doubt this team is better than last year's team, regardless of competition, um, especially as it be the offensive talent. Um, is uh, the skill position players has taken a step forward. Um, and Seth, you know, there, I think that Seth, you have to include some of the injury discussion when evaluating his play as a whole, but he's had some, he's had some moments this year, which have really wowed me. Now there have been, there have been some games, don't get me wrong, where I, I think Seth has not brought his best stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the results are good. The growth has been there. I think that you would like to see this program beat up on some of the lesser programs a little bit more. But you know, eight and two is eight and two, and I think that you know, if you win tomorrow, you set yourself up for a ten win regular season. And basically, every team in the country outside of maybe you know the five best schools would sign up for that in a heartbeat. So last week in a, in a wild, crazy game in Charlotte, four turnovers by Memphis, but they also forced four turnovers, including a pick six. If they play a clean game, Matt, no turnovers by Memphis, a clean game, is that going to be good enough to beat this SMU team, or are they going to have to force some turnovers? If they play, if they, I, I think that them not turning it over is imperative. I, I think off the top of my head, when you look at how good SMU's offense is performing, you probably want to steal a possession or two. But, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be honest, you know, the kind of the discussion we're having with Memphis about their schedule and how great it is, I, I'm just saying, like, SMU, don't get me wrong, like, you know, the numbers are there, the, the stats are there, they've taken care of business. It's not like they've run through a gauntlet of teams in their wins either. Right, so, right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm curious how this shakes out. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like on, on paper, SMU is looks to be the better team, um, and the numbers back it up, both offensively and defensively. But Memphis is going to be one of the better teams that they played this year. Obviously, like, you know, SMU played Oklahoma, lost them 
that comes to mind right away. Um, but yeah, I think that Memphis, it would behoove them to steal a possession or two, but maybe they don't have to just being at home. The In light of the defense and what they have done in recent weeks, um, and SMU has a really good offense, how many points do you think Memphis has to score to win this game? 40-plus, probably. That's the kind of number that comes to mind right away. Um, and, and, and I think that's well within reach. I mean, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think how many. Like, you know, scoring 40 points for this offense is not uh, it, it's not a tall task, um, assuming that Seth is healthy. And by all accounts, from you know everything he said and reading between the tea leaves, he's in a much better place this week compared to last where, you know, he didn't practice last week or throw it all until Friday. Um, and, you know, that, that was, I said, that was, that was part of the discussion. I think that needs to be had about the Charlotte game is that I think that Seth, because of the shoulder, uh, probably off the top of my head, he missed four to six, maybe more throws downfield that I think if he was feeling right, Absolutely hit, mm-hmm. and if he hit even half of those throws, uh, just given you know the the big plays that were there, it could have been a completely different game. I so agree. I agree with that. If, if he's able to air it out downfield tomorrow and be accurate area out downfield, I don't think that they're going to have problems scoring points. Yeah, for those who don't know, he has been practicing all week, as opposed to what Matt just said last week, where he wasn't practicing until. Friday. So, Matt, let's switch gears. The men's basketball team back in action tonight against Alabama State. Then they head to the Bahamas. And we talk every year, and I know you haven't been in Memphis that long, but believe me, every single year we talk about how it's pivotal early in the season in these non-conference games to pick up some big dubs to help you as far as seeding is concerned in the NCAA tournament, again, assuming you make the NCAA tournament, because there's really not a lot you can do in the conference. It's a bad conference other than Florida Atlantic. They get that win over Missouri. How important was it to do what they did and – how much uh, confidence do you have in this team that what we saw in the second half will be more of the norm as opposed to what we saw in the first half against Mizzou? Yeah, I mean, I, I think picking up a win like that in the second game of the year, you think about, you know, you're on the road in an SEC environment. You know, Mizzou, I know they're picked ninth, ninth in the SEC, but the SEC is a good basketball conference, um, and there's the expectation that Mizzou is going to be a quality team. And, you know, I, I think that, when you make a statement like that in the second game of the year, especially with a essentially brand new group with an interim head coach, uh, that says something about what this team is capable of down the road. I think that's going to be a nice resume booster. Um, and listen, man, I think that I, I don't know what the ceiling for this team is yet, but I think it could be the same ceiling that, we thought it was if they would have added, if they would have gotten DeAndre Williams, uh, to be honest. And maybe, obviously, DeAndre would have made it more likely that they hit that ceiling. But this team is just really deep, man. Um, and, you know, I think that there's still a figuring out process um, of who, I guess, the quote-unquote alpha is going to be. But to be honest, I think the great thing about this team is that on any given night, it could be any number of guys. And, you know, I think they check the boxes that basically – Every position, they have ball handlers, they have shooters, they have guys who can score down low, they have guys who can defend, they have athletes. Um, 
you know, and you and you compare it to last year's team where you had this awesome, awesome one-two punch of Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams. But you know, Greg Eli, I don't know what you guys think. I, I was talking with uh, Wolo about this when we we shot our first episode of the Penny Hardaway Show on Wednesday. Um, I was talking with Wolo about this, and I was like, "Man, I don't know how many guys on last year's team other than those two would have gotten any sort of serious playing time on this year's team." And right. we're, we're, you know, last year's team, you know, we're, we're talking about like the third and fourth guys like Elijah McAdams and Keontae Kennedy's that were key to how far that team went and their success on a nine in and nine out basis. I don't know that guys like that would even really be in the rotation on this year's team. And that's no knock on them. It's just more uh, praising the amount of talent at basically every position that they've accumulated on this year's team. Uh, I think it's a versatile group. Uh, I think they have talent at basically every position and even you know, obviously the Jaquan Waltons and the David Joneses and, guys, and you know Jordan Brown for his low post scoring, that's gathered some of the a lot of the attention. But even guys like Jalen Young and Nick Shordane, mm-hmm. those guys can play, and those are kind of I guess you would call them blue guys. Um, but maybe not as much was expected out of them. But I, I have not seen really any of those additions that I haven't said okay, those guys are going are not going to be contributors. I think basically all of them could play. So. Yeah, the non-conference is important, but I, I think they should feel good about going to the Bahamas and into the rest of the non-conference schedule. Because when you when you pick up a win like they did against Mizzou, second game of the year, I think you have this feeling of all right, like if we if we bring our our, our ace stuff, mm-hmm. you know, we could play with absolutely anyone. I think they feel that way. He is Matt Infield, Action News Five reporter, anchor. You can follow him on Twitter. At Matt underscore Infield. Great stuff, Matt. Thanks for getting up early with us. I'll probably see you over there tonight. Always a pleasure, man. See you guys later. Take care now. Yesterday, I was over at Memphis Barbecue Supply and talking with Jimmy over there. And they've got everything you need for those Thanksgiving meals that you'll be preparing next week. And Jimmy was talking about the mad rush that they'll get this weekend and talked about next Wednesday is when it gets really crazy. Folks, get over there early. Don't wait till next Wednesday to go get all those supplies. Get there early. Get it done. Get it taken care of. Get ready so you don't have to have the last-minute stress of trying to get over there and get those supplies. Memphis Barbecue Supply, however you're preparing your turkey, they've got what you need, of course, with charcoal and the different woods if you're smoking it, um, if you're deep-frying it, if you're just putting it in the oven, whatever. They've got your brines, injections, the brine bags, brine buckets. They've got rubs. They've got sauces. they got everything you need at Memphis Barbecue Supply. They're at 7041 Stage Road. Online, mbbqsupply.com is where you'll find them. Um, and, and again, if you're in charge of the turkey, you can't disappoint the family. you got to make sure you do it right. And you got to make sure you have everything you need. And the place to get that is at Memphis Barbecue Supply. So head on over. See them at 7041. 41 Stage Road. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. We are Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.
back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by James Gaddis Jewelers. To reveal the full spectrum of its dazzling color. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. According to Adam Schefter, the NFL is investigating why the Bengals did not list Joe Burrow on their injury report when the team posted a picture of him wearing a device on his wrist Wednesday night and he appeared to be hampered by the injury early in the Thursday night game that he later left. The league confirmed that to Schefter today. The initial picture of Burrow wearing a device that looked like a soft cast on his thumb was posted by the Bengals only to be deleted later. The NFL routinely looks into matters of compliance with the injury report policy and will do so in this instance as well. Teams can be fined or even potentially lose a draft pick. Of course, the reaction is refund all bets, refund all bets, refund all bets. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. A uh, couple of updates here. Doug says that they terminated to catch a predator after a person in Texas committed suicide because they had the goods on him. And Raider Corey says Chris Hansen got himself in trouble for bouncing checks. <laughs> Jeez. Or something like that. By the way, uh, To Catch a Predator, last episode was uh, December 28th of 20, uh, 2007. 2007? That's been... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. 16 years ago. You're wondering if it's still on. It's been on for 16 years. Does it, wow. say, did, could, does it say anything about Chris Hansen? I like if he did get in trouble for like bouncing checks. I hope that like at some point like he went in and wrote a bad check and there was some reporter there yeah, waiting, Morrison. waiting to bust him for it. Like Dateline, Chris, did you just is that is that, is that a bad check? <laughs> Poor Chris, and he and he wrote the check to a predator. The um, I hope not. you want don't you you've said this before? I think don't you watch like ninety day fiance and that stuff too? No, no, well. My wife watches it, so I've watched some of those episodes. You watch it. No, I don't. Sorry, I don't. Yes, I, really yeah. don't. I really don't. I really don't. I really don't. Yes. <laughs> you actually, you, you are my wife in watching television. No, I watch Jersey Shore. I'll tell you that much. Oh, Jersey Shore is great. Yes. Jersey Shore is good that's, quality that's, television. That's the old stomping grounds. You, 90 Day Fiance and Dateline. You are my wife in watching television. No, okay, Dateline, absolutely. 90 Day Fiance, I've watched it, but that's my, that's my wife's go-to. 90 Day Fiance. You just tell her not to watch it. Until you're home, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> She's like, I don't watch, don't it. watch it. Hey, can you rewind that? Now there were there can was. We, can we start this one over? I, I missed the first ten there's minutes. There's so many of them. There's just there's just too many. Sorry, there's just too many of those. And uh, like I, you know, your tape shows. You look at your list of tape shows. There's like fifty of those things. And I say to my wife, "Have you watched them yet?" So I can delete the damn stuff. She, we always because I've watched. She's like, "Have you watched it yet?" Because I watched this episode. I don't need, We don't need to save it anymore. I binged. I binge watch. <laughs> I watched them all. I always get into a, always, seriously, I always get into this argument with my wife about deleting pro programs. I said, listen, if you've watched it, delete it. Because if you let them just add up, you forget which ones you watched before. So if you've watched it, just get rid of it. Does that make sense? Well, they say watched. At least on mine, it doesn't. Count well, it says I, I don't know. I guess it. we don't pay attention to that. But I just just get rid of it. Just delete. She's the leaving it there because she knows you want to go back and watch it. Apparently, uh, tonight, Ole Miss and Sam Houston State, seven thirty. We'll have the game for you right here on Sports Fifty Six. It will not be at the Pavilion. It is a throwback game that will be played at the Tad Smith Coliseum. The Tad Pad is back in use tonight.
Yeah, should be fun. See, they figured out a way to use the Tad Pad. They just haven't figured out a way to use the Mid South Coliseum, other than for trash collection and hobos. And this is uh, this is something they plan on doing annually. Uh, they plan on doing this every year, and so uh, so yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting. There's no television for it, so you can't see it. Um, unless you're there, but you can hear it. But uh, but you can listen to the game right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Guns, guns, more guns. That's where you're going to find a classic arms. They've got over 700 firearms in stock from home defense guns, old guns, new guns, used guns, whatever it is that you're looking for in the world of guns. They've got it for sure at Classic Arms. They buy, they sell, they trade. They do everything with guns. They do free gun inspections, free gun appraisals. They'll do free bore sighting as well. Guaranteed lowest price in town. The only gun importer in the Mid-South. They got all the top brands that you'd be looking for, like Glock and Sig and Colt and Ruger, Smith and Wesson, Browning, that goes on and on and on. You can find them online and shop 24-7 at ClassicArmsOfMemphis.com or you you can just go visit Jay and the entire gang over at Classic Arms at 1740 Germantown Parkway. It's right behind the Corky's Barbecue there off Germantown Parkway in Cordovas. Whatever it is. And again, if you're uh, looking to sell or trade, they, they will take that as well. Um, but if you're looking for a gun of any type, go see the folks at Classic Arms. I'm looking at a video that David Kellum, the voice of the Rebels, posted. And the tap pad looks really nice. Do you know if they kept up over the years with the maintenance or this was once they decided that they were going to have these retro games, they were going to bring back games there, then they started to to fix it and clean it. Do you have any idea? I don't. I think they still do some things in there. Oh, did they do I, things? I, okay. I don't, I'm not sure on that, but I, I, I assume they've kept up with the maintenance. I don't know. Looks okay. I mean, from the video, at least. Well, of course, it's, I don't know if it's raining in Oxford, but hopefully it's, hopefully it's not because leaks game might get rained out. Leaking issues at the tad pad. All right, AC well, issues as well. Huh? AC issues at the tad. Yeah, I know. I, they, there, there could be that as well. But I, they, I know they've had a game rained out before. Yeah, that's unique. <laughs> we'll take a quick timeout when we come back. Hour three of the program. We'll start things off with our buddy Brandon Lang. He'll handicap NFL and college football games this weekend. Then we'll play ten in a row. The game show that has swept the nation. You're tuned into Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 